25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Shoot this thing. thing. That's what I'm talking about. Welcome into the show. Hour number two in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. Go! Friday, Friday. You made it. You made it. Congratulations. You made it to Friday. It's the weekend. It is officially the weekend. And... And you have another hour with us here on the show in the Farm Bureau studio, connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, C Spire, customer inspired. You've heard a lot about the C Spire tech movement. I know you've heard um, Hugh Mina here um, the last few days. You've heard some, some ads from C Spire where he kind of tells you what the tech movement is and what it's all about. Con- Basically, training young computer programmers and uh, software designers and those that can code and have the ability to do that and trying to be foremost as opposed to, you know, not here in the state of Mississippi. That being led by Cspire. Learn more about it. Cspire.com slash tech movement. All right. right they, hi- they hire some. <clears throat> Super smart people. The ones I know are like, you know, wow. Yeah. You don't have that experience with every company you deal with. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Like this show, for instance. Oh, I'm kidding, Roger. I'm <laughs> kidding. So, all right. Thank you. Try the veal. All right. Y'all can Thanks be a part everybody. of the show on the Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. 995-1059. That is a 601 number. That's a 601 area code, 995-1059. Give me a shout. I've got it open to you. You can call, and we'll talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. doesn't matter what it is. Just let me know. Whatever it is, we'll head on down that path with you. Now, also, Divinity Equipment is giving a toy package away for Christmas. You have a chance to win it. I will announce the winner, whether it's you or someone else, on Monday on this radio show. We will be broadcasting live from Divinity Equipment in Jackson. You need to have a little bookmark, put a little tab in your brain there and check it this afternoon. Follow me on Twitter at Radio Wyatt. I'll send out a link, but we're going to have a way for you to participate in that giveaway, and it'll be on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt, or facebook.com slash Divinity Equipment. 
check them out. Both uh, places will we'll have it uh, shared there for you where you can be a part of that toy giveaway. Kubota Toys. Uh, and if you want to see what some of those are, go by the store out there. Uh, they've got them in stock. We're going to give some uh, a toy package away. So that's coming up. And also, I got uh, some notification stuff on my phone. Look at this. I've told you about some of the Divini deals. For instance, uh, right now, December deals through the end of the month and through the end of this month only at Divini. That Kubota Sidekick ATV goes up to 40 miles an hour. You know, the one where I went there for the radio remote back a while back and it had rained the day before. And they have this kid working for him there at Divinity and Madison who's wearing an all-orange suit from head to toe. It's all orange. And I he's driving the Kubota. I leaned out the side of the sidekick and held the camera near the wheels while we rode through a mud puddle. He's going to get it on camera in slow-mo. But when we hit the mud puddle, it threw all the water up in the air and back into the vehicle on us. And, and I'm talking, we were drenched from head to toe. That is the vehicle I'm talking about here that you can get up to $3,300 off that Kubota Sidekick right now. They have construction equipment on the lot, listen to me, that you can get up to $12,000 off right now for the next 10 to 11 days. The L-Series tractors. You can get discounts up to $2,500 off of each of those. The excavators, up to $4,500 off. The skid steers, like I told you, up to $9,200 off. Anyway, big-time deals through the end of the year at uh, Divinity Equipment, and we'll be there on Monday. Hey to everybody on Facebook watching the stream. Derek says, hey, Matt, checking in from work. Been working the tornadoes across Mississippi. A lot of damage. Yes, there has been a lot of damage. And near my hometown, where I live in Tupelo, north of us in Guntown, a, a bunch of homes got flattened. A church got flattened. Really unfortunate. And you're right, Derek. Bowling season upon us. Coming up later in the hour, just going to kind of run down the bowl games, which are beginning. When do they start? Tomorrow or today? We got games today. Yeah, we have two games today. So, there you go. We'll check those out. Let's see. Well, heck, fire. One of them's already begun. <laughs> it's, it's on right now. Buffalo's playing Charlotte. You have another game tonight, and then we really get it kicked up with games tomorrow. So bowl season upon us, yeah. And what happens with most of the bowl games in college football is they become background noise. They become the background. That's what I mean by that. Like you are at work. I'm on a show. Tomorrow you go to a party. Next week you're with family get-togethers. And the game's on. You don't really know who the teams are. Very seldom do you even turn the volume up on the television. But you have it on. Because every now and then you're going to glance, watch a play or two, and then back to the kitchen to grab another cookie. <laughs> That's what most of these bowl games are. Now, if your team's playing, it's obviously different. But if your team's not playing... These bowls are a backdrop in the room. You switch back and forth every now and then from that and Christmas vacation. Back over to the bowl game. It'll be like 
the New Mexico Bowl. You'll watch a couple of plays, flip back over to Ralphie, you'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> That's what the bowls are. Hey, what I always wonder, there, there's, a, there's one bowl, the Cherubundi Bowl. They always put that on opposite another bowl game. That's just the dumbest thing every yeah. year. Yeah. And, on the, and then the NFL games tomorrow, that triple uh, header, you have to have the NFL Network. Yeah, you have to have the NFL Network. Um, I wonder what the rate. Yeah, I mean, what will the ratings be for those NFL games on NFL Network versus those college games tomorrow? I'd be really yeah. interested to see what that winds up. Yeah, that would be good to know. It would, wouldn't it? Know what to do next year. This <laughs> exactly. year I'm carrying bowl games. I may, <laughs> I may regret it. Uh, Doctor Boa on the text line says Hawaiian coffee is a smooth criminal, even uh, with the girls in the grass skirts. Whatever that means, I got it. And Jason sent us a Dave Neal link. I really am fond of Dave Neal. All right, here we go. Promised it. Tried to get to it yesterday, ran out of time. Didn't get to it. We'll switch the order. Yesterday we heard from Joe Moorhead first. Today we will hear from Lane Kiffin first. Except it's not their opening statements. Those usually are a little bit boring, whatever. We're going to jump right into the Q&A portion of this press conference. We're going to do Lane Kiffin first. And if you'll hang in there with this, listen closely. This is brand new head coach Lane Kiffin. Only had about a week and a half from the time he was hired up till signing day. And then even a couple of players that got snatched away, they felt like right up under his nose, that sort of thing. And he's telling everybody pretty much just look, hold off. You know, we didn't have much time. Anyway, here's the Q&A. Lane Kiffin, give it a listen. Questions? Lane, if you don't mind, I'd like to get you to comment, uh, one, on your quarterback commit, Cade Renfro, and exactly what you saw out of him. And then the, the kind of whirlwind recruitment of Tobias Brawl, the offensive lineman that uh, came in here uncommitted this weekend and committed to the, and signed today. Well, first, Cade, I think, is a really good player that's got a big upside. And... You know, we just, you know, at that position especially, just like all of them, you know, we looked, you know, we started from scratch and, you know, just thought that he's got a really big upside, someone that's not played a ton of football, um, you know, still maturing from a growth standpoint, growing into his body, but very competitive, really good touch on the ball. So um, I think, you know, he, he has a bright future. Uh, Tobias, again, like I said, we're kind of scrambling here one week to go, but, this was somebody that two, you know, two coaches on our staff knew from before, from Florida State and UCF. So I'd never talked to him, I never met him, but he had a great weekend here. And you know what, I kind of learned what everybody says. If you, for the most part, if you get the kids here, you know, if you can get them on campus here, you know, they really enjoy the. Even though school is out, they really enjoy it, and you end up getting a lot of them. So a lot of credit to the staff here that was in place. You know, not just the coaching staff, but around the building. Because it really, they they knew a lot more than we did. You know, for us, few new guys, and so those guys really, um, those guys and girls really carried it, carried us through. Lane, you, over here, you mentioned uh, your coaching staff. Where would you sort of say that is right now in terms of approaching completion? Um, I think we got a ways to go. Um, you know, we still need to figure out defensive coordinator. Um, Max definitely one of those candidates, and you know when you figure out that, then you can figure out the rest. So, you know, I always try to hire the coordinators first, and then then interview the other guys, whether it's outside guys or guys that are here. Um, any guys that are still on the staff will be the first ones that have first chance to interview. And um, 
we'll go from there. Jump back in here real quick and remind you, this is Lane Kiffin taking questions on signing day. This is back on Wednesday. Some interesting stuff coming up. Lane, you talked a little bit about scrambling, trying to get to know these guys and the personnel you have. What do you say to these guys who maybe you're meeting blind, maybe you haven't gotten to see too much of them, and how do you kind of sell them on a program that you're as new to as, as they would be? Yeah, they know they know it better than, than me. You know, most of these kids, especially in the South, you know, they've visited here 10 times, you know, and been to a million games and junior days and all that stuff. So um, they already knew about Ole Miss. And I number one wanted to come here, and you know I didn't really talk that much about that. I talked more about what we're planning on doing, you know, with our, you know, whether it's scheme or your position, how we coach that position, or people we've coached that position before, um, you know, and just kind of combine the two. In Lane over here, you mentioned with the staff not being completely filled out. Is there an element of just? kind of slowing down and trying to do it better long term as opposed to just bringing in kids just to get the numbers yeah and i think that's you know doing this a long time now you know probably would have handled that different maybe 10 years ago and worried about where our rankings were you know we had a number of kids that we could have signed today that you know were wanting to commit here and we said you know either we weren't going to take them or we said hey we got to get to know you first so push back till february you know, because like I said, we're at halftime. You know, these rankings today and all that stuff don't matter anyway. So, um, you know, this will be a really big January, and I, th I think that you'll end up seeing some guys signed here that, you know, aren't even on the radar right now here. Lane, over here, we lost three really good ones up front on defense. Is that a, a, it's a position of need going forward? Yeah, it is for sure. Um, and there's some really good ones still left out there. And so that will be a very big emphasis, um, you know, in this next, you know, finishing the class off. Uh, piggybacking on that a little bit, Lane, is, is the portal somewhere that uh, there might be a defensive line candidate for you as well? Sure. You know, we'll look at everything. You know, college football now from a head coaching perspective really is more like the NFL. I think, you know, managing rosters, you know, it's like in the NFL you got the draft. You got, you know, young free agents, old veteran free agents, um, you know, your own guys, restricted free agents, and now college to become like that because you got high school kids, you got junior college kids, you got four year transfer kids, and you got grad transfer kids. So, you know, you really got to manage the roster. And, and it's great, you know, because, okay, there's all these great grad transfers out there. Well, you're using an initial scholarship for one year. You know, it's like putting a lot of money into, you know, an old veteran that you're only going to get for a year or so. Uh, you just got to do a good job, manage it, and, and we'll look at all, you know, all aspects to improve our team. Lane, you mentioned it only being a week and a half, but everything happened so fast. Did you have an idea of how many guys might sign today or a goal? How did you kind of approach that coming into today? I didn't have any numbers at all. It really was, hey, make sure you know, we sign good players. And if that's two players, it's two players. You know, we weren't going to reach. Um, I think that once the staff's in place, I think that a lot of kids will reach out to us and want to come here. And, you know, especially once we're able to establish relationships with them. So, you know, a lot of these kids came here because of what was already in place here because of Ole Miss, and not because of us. I think the next time around it will be more of a combination, you know, in February. Lane, we've got 11 on the list that have signed today. Uh, I know you can't comment specifically, but are you expecting any more? Uh, yes. Yeah, I would anticipate at least one more today, yes. 
Lane, talking this morning with Oxford tight end J.J. Pegues' parents, he said you guys never even really reached out since you were been here. Talked to some people within the program that kind of contradicted that. What was your opinion on that situation yeah, with J.J.? I mean, he was at an all-star game, so, you know, we can't go see him. We've tried, we tried everything possible. I talked to his coach, um, you know, and they said, you know, his coach tried to put him on the phone and he said that he wasn't interested. He'd already made a decision. And, you know, he was supposed to be up here, I think, the first morning, I think we had a, I think it was the first morning that we were here, um, you know, and then, then didn't show up. So, you know, I do what the rules allow. Okay, so uh, there's your uh, look back at the Q&A portion of the Lane Kiffin press conference on signing day. I thought that was interesting towards the end where, you know, he basically said, you know, we, we tried our best to reach out to him. We were told he'd already had his mind made up, and then we had a chance for the kid to come here and meet us one morning, and he didn't show up. So he's basically telling you without trying to make a big deal out of it that they did do their best to try to get in in a short amount of time with this big-time player out at uh, out of Oxford High School, but that it certainly wasn't true that they didn't contact him. And, you know, giving that impression was false. And you would just think it would be. I mean, no, you're not going to have that highly rated of a prospect, highly sought after of a player right up under your nose and a new staff comes in and doesn't try to contact him. That's just never going to happen. So, you know, that reporting or that quote was just frankly not accurate. It, you know, either the quote or the reporting, one or the other, but it could just be reporting what somebody said and what somebody said was not accurate in that case. So there you go. We'll listen to uh, a little of the Q&A with Joe Moorhead coming up. I got a kick out of the reporters, several of them, re- re- using we. Yeah. We lost a good player on this place, and we yeah we did that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, are those are those attached to the university or something? Yeah, um, you know, I know one of the voices that I heard in there was uh, Harry Harrison, who's a former player, and he is the color analyst on their radio crew. Oh, okay, yeah. and so he's you know he's not your I mean he's in most of the press conferences I guess you know a lot of radio guys are of course he lives there, and so some are different than the other media that are there. You know, you wouldn't hear somebody say that covers them for the Clarion Ledger. It's not going to yeah. step in there and go, we, obviously, because they're different. But, you know, hometown radio or hometown media might be a little different. So you get some of that. And generally, you get a pretty neat mix of, um, what do you call it, platforms represented in these press conferences. Uh, I, I honestly stopped going as much to the Monday press conferences and some of the regular press conference gatherings at Mississippi State. And, you know, one reason is it's a little harder to get there. I'm an hour away. Another reason is during football season, Roger, this radio show, we are on the air every time they would have a Monday press conference. You know, so we couldn't very well do both, be two places at one time, and they wouldn't let us be in the media room broadcasting this show while they're trying to do a press conference. So a lot of it's logistical. But the other thing is... That's their loss. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, Roger, I'll be honest with you. Another thing is 
what's the right way to sa- say this without sounding they're boring? <laughs> no, no, I, I wouldn't say they're boring. What I was going to say is that, and it sounds pretentious. You, know, you take me for instance. I am a former player. I'm our analyst, color analyst on the radio at state. And if I need to get some information for my own purpose, call him. I'll just call him. Or I'll call Bill Martin, uh, the media relations uh, director for football, and, and say, hey, do you know the answer to this? Or can I talk to them? Or I'll, I'll go down and bump into them. Or I'll talk to them before a game. Or I'll talk to them in a press box after a game or something, you know. I have that kind of access, so I just, if I need to know something, I know it. And I started to feel like, number one, if I go to a press conference, I'm going sort of to be seen, and that's not genuine. That's not good. And, I, you know, I just didn't want to be that guy that I'm in a press conference asking a question just so that people will recognize me as asking a question. I have no interest in that. It's That's not what those are for. And I just felt like the best thing for me to do is get out of the way of the people who are there to ask questions because that's the access they get. And, and they need that time. I think that's the nice best way to approach it. Is that Andy Williams? Yeah. I try not to... Step on you with his singing. Too I like it. Very underrated. Stick around. Underrated and very orchestrated. <laughs> but if you really hold me, you're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. All right, rolling along with you in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. I'm Matt. He's Roger. We're out here, as they say. You can be a part of the show. Hit me up, 995-1059. That is the Divinity Equipment phone. For those of you watching, there's a number right there. 601 number 995-1059. Hit us up on the text line at 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN. And man, I'm going to tell you what. We talked about coffee for like three minutes and the text line lit up. You think people like coffee or what? (laughs) And then they all went away. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Joe Moorhead, your turn. To the podium, Q&A. We heard Joe's opening statement yesterday. Let's hear the Q&A. And this is about signing day 1.0. Here you go, Joe. Uh, great day to be a dog and uh, great to add 22 tremendous kids and their families to our program. Coach, obviously signing day is going to bring emotions one way or the other. A lot of anxiety, uh, a lot of nervous feelings until you see the, those faxes roll in and it's, it's official. But – the, the impact of getting all 22 guys in in the yeah. early signing period. I think last year you only signed 12 or 13 in the early signing yeah, period. We sure that did. Left for a lot of, of anxious consternation. Exactly. Yeah, hand wringing. Yeah, I'm with you. 
Yeah, listen, the, the one thing that – this is year 21, and I've done it at different levels of football, but have done it at the BCS level. And I cannot recall a year when you have 21 commitments going into signing day and you get all 21 of those kids signed and there's not a defection or there's not – we got one good surprise today with no, no bad surprises. And I think, once again, that's a testament to the coaches in this state and the surrounding states. It's a testament to the, the parents and, and, and the, the, the players and their belief in us and the direction of this program and where we're going. And quite frankly, it's a testament to, to, to our, our, I think, blue-collar, hard-nosed work ethic that, that you may do a lot of things better than us. One thing you're not going to do better than me and this staff and recruiting is you're not going to outwork us. It ain't going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And, 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 you know, talking to my wife this morning, she said, I've seen, I mean, you've always been a tenacious recruiter. You've always gotten after it. But for the last two years, I've never seen you work as hard as you have at recruiting uh, and, and the staff as well, because attitude reflects leadership. So to, to, ha to have 21 kids committed and have 21 kids sign on signing day and not have, that's, and then once again, a credit to our staff, a credit to our kids, and a credit to the parents. Joe, Joe mainly, uh, you know, a lot of junior college players, you know, mainly at, at defensive end and, and receivers. That just kind of help to help bridge a gap at those two positions. Yeah. I think really what you have to look at from kind of a broad strokes perspective is is needs by number analysis, and as you kind of go through the roster, you have a certain number per position based on eighty five, and and you know where you know sometimes. You know, when we walked in here in two classes, there was one offensive lineman that made it to, class, to campus in two, two classes. And so you're kind of looking at the places where a defensive uh, tackle coming out of last year, you know, the two stars graduated and the three guys behind them. So I, I think more than anything, one, that the kids who were taken from JUCO are that talented. And two, it's stressing maybe a little bit of a specific need where, and that's where I'm kind of, I don't say getting used to, but the fact that you have the junior college system at your disposal here and you can come and find kids who have played at the college level and are ready to step in and contribute immediately, I think that's been a great benefit to us. And I think you've seen a good balance because I don't, I don't think you can take all junior college players because there's a part of uh, building a program that you need to have a certain amount, to me, a, a, of high school players. and a certain. I think there's just got to be a good balance of junior college and high school. Robbie? Hey Joe, uh, I know as, a, as especially as an offensive guy, you want to get that quarterback on board pretty quickly and identify him. Last year you had to do that with Garrett. Yeah. This year you did it with Will. What kind of stood out about Will and uh, you know how he carries himself as quarterback on and off the field? I talked to his dad yesterday. He said he was in you know film room with Gardner Minshew when he was yeah. sixth grade. What kind of stood out about him? Whenever you were recruiting him, yeah. One one thing that I believe is when the quarterback walks in a room, you shouldn't have to ask that he's a quarterback. And Will kind of comports himself that way. And obviously, Wyatt's done a great job with Brandon as the offensive coordinator. And you can tell, hopefully, like my youngest one, he's been brought up around the game. So when you're talking to Will about preparation and the things that are necessary for a quarterback to have success, not just at the high school level, but at the college level, and not just the college level, but the SEC. You're not going to have to ask Will to come in and watch extra film. You're not going to have to ask Will to go to the to the field and throw extra routes. You're going to actually have to you're going to have to say whoa rather than sick him. And, and that's what I love about him: big, uh, athletic, you know, strong arm, uh, and will continue to work and get better. And uh, you know, you just saw what he did during the season for Brandon, and you know, certainly what he did in the Miss Al game was to me pretty dang impressive at the end of that game. Given what you're losing at running back, obviously pretty important to get a couple good ones, yeah. and you did. What do you like about those guys, and uh, what do you think they can bring to the table right away? You know, it was it was good. You know, as look, you know, to, uh, to have Kareem come in last year as a junior college guy with with Aries graduating, and now, you know, uh, you know, Kyle and, and Nick. 
So you have Kareem, who's kind of an older guy. Lee Witherspoon, I think all of us could sit here and agree that that kid's gonna, he's going to be pretty special. And now to add Woody or uh, Jaquavius and uh, and Dylan in the fold, you know, one a four-star guy, one a three-star guy that should be a four-star guy. Uh, you know, I think those guys are, are a great mix and kind of, you know, the, the one thing in this system we've had over the years is a tremendous amount of success at the tailback position and kind of the ingredients that you, that you, that you look for. You know, they, they, you know, the intangibles and the tangibles, I think both of those guys can come in and uh, have an opportunity to contribute early. And historically speaking, that is a spot in this offense where true freshmen like you saw from Lee this year can come and play right away. Now that you done. All right, and uh, we'll wrap it up right there. He's talking about running back, got to replace Kylan Hill and you do have Kareem Walker coming in, but talked about some of those young freshmen. So, um, you know, you could be – you're definitely going to be looking at going into next season at Mississippi State. A Certainly the idea will be running back by committee. It's just there will be about four or five different players making up that committee in fall camp, and they'll be competing to see who's going to be the first two guys in that committee. A transfer – Lee Witherspoon, who's been there this year, played some, but just a first-year player this year. And then brand-new faces. Brand-spanking-new faces. So that's what you'll be looking at at the running back position next year at State. Divinity Equipment Phone, Jay, I'm assuming that's in Baltimore. But we just pronounce it differently sometimes. Is that right, Roger? We're just going to (laughs) say... I I said Balmer. Balmer. Is that wrong, wrong, Jay? (laughs) In certain parts of the the city of Baltimore, that's how you say it, for sure. Yeah. What's up, Jay? Well, Dan Mullen, you know, he's been labeled as a below-average recruiter, and you heard Coach Joe yesterday really emphasize the importance of the head coach in the recruiting process. So it just kind of led me to a question. I'm just How critical is the position coach, uh, the assistant coaches? It seems like Mullen relied on that. I mean, in your opinion, how critical are these position coaches in the decision for these kids? It's critical. There's no question. And you mean in terms of their decision on signing day? It kind of Yeah. Okay, so it's interesting, Jay. There's two different ways to look at it. One, for a long time, coaches assistant coaches they recruited a specific area. Okay, so like a, a, a guy on the staff might be more familiar with Alabama. Let me give you a specific example. When Jeff Collins was the defensive coordinator for Dan Mullen, Jeff now the head coach at Georgia Tech, but when he was on the staff at State, Jeff primarily concentrated on recruiting the state of Alabama. Not only Alabama, but that was the primary area. And he recruited running backs and offensive linemen and quarterbacks and anybody in Alabama, not just the position that he coached. Now, certainly any linebacker that they were recruiting would get to talk to Jeff Collins and get to meet him on recruiting trips and stuff. But if the linebacker was from Louisiana, Collins might not have actually spent that much time in his house. So to me, when we talk about relationships... I think that's why we talk about him, is that is more important than even who he's going to be coached by from a technique and positional thing. And, and I think that's why a lot of kids decide where they're going to sign, you know, based on other factors than we, than we realize at times. Jay, thanks for the call, buddy.
rolling along. A little ways to go on a Friday. Stick around. Uh, hi, man. Y'all have a Merry Christmas, man. We uh, we all ask you next year. <laughs> Are we on? There we go. <laughs> Everybody listening in Central Mississippi heard the music, but I wasn't sending it down the line to Matt. I apologize. That's and the I second thought, time in the show. And that's Hank, right? Like the that sound clip. Uh, that's good old Hank. Man, I think you know how we we joke about other. I, I joke about other people. Their brains get on vacation about a week and a half before their uh-huh. vacation. Well, yeah. Here, I guess that's my problem. <laughs> well, enjoy your vacation, Roger. I am. I think I'm on vacation also. <laughs> And, uh, hey, speaking of, though, we should be, um, this would be apropos to remind everyone that we will be back on Monday. Be back with a live show on Monday, the last one before Christmas. We'll be live at Divinity Equipment in Madison. We're going to have a, a toy package giveaway, talk about some of the great deals. And, again, you need to follow Divinity Equipment in a couple of places. Follow them on Facebook. It's just facebook.com slash Divinity Equipment. And look up Divinity Equipment on Instagram because they're going to be sending out some reminders of some of the deals that they have going on, which are really incredible right now. For instance, um, they have some construction equipment, new stuff, sitting on the lot. You can get up to $12,000 off the uh, cost on some of that equipment just because here you are at the end of the year, and those deals will only go through the end of this year. So for the next 10 to 11 days, you really ought to take advantage of that while you can. You really ought to. Hey, uh, let me point a couple things out to you. I mentioned this huge game, Cowboys-Eagles. Everybody's talking about it. All the national media talking about it. Dak Prescott has an AC joint problem in his throwing shoulder. Do you remember the last time we talked about AC joints? On this show, I guarantee you, you remember, it was with Tommy Stevens, Mississippi State. Remember what? Second game of the year? Yep. In the second quarter of the Southern Miss game, game two. Hits the ground just right, and I've had it. Know what it is. It is no fun at all. It's when that collarbone comes out here and it meets the top of your shoulder. So if you're wherever you are right now, put your finger on your collarbone and then Follow it right out to where it meets that shoulder joint on the top of it. And that tissue gets torn and it separates a little bit. It gets really sore, hurts like crazy, gets stiff. And it can be really tough to throw. When that's your throwing shoulder, it can be really tough. Tommy Stevens went through that. But apparently Dax is a little more minor. He's just precautionary not throwing the ball this week in practice and says that he will be ready to play full speed against Philadelphia on Sunday. They are going to give him a shot in his shoulder. Cortisone shot, whatever it is they give him. They're going to put a shot in there, and it'll loosen it up, and he won't feel it. And he'll play the game. Most likely be fine. But I can tell you from experience, if Dak takes off and runs the ball, gets tackled from behind and they drive his shoulder into the ground. I'm just telling you, that could be bad news. What does that mean? It means there will be more sack opportunities in this game, I think. Or I say more. 
potentially some sack opportunities in this game for Philadelphia that other teams playing the Cowboys haven't had because Dak could take off and leave and make a play every now and then with his legs. But for the most part this year, Dak's getting rid of the football. That's the other thing we may see is more incompletions because he will not be as willing to hang in there in the pocket as long. They'll get the ball out of his hands more early to keep him from getting hit. Because all it takes is, again, one tackle. The other thing it'll change is if you're Philadelphia and you know Dak Prescott has an AC joint problem in his throwing shoulder, you know that on the goal line, if they get inside the five, you're not going to have to worry about that zone read little deal that they'll do where Dak will keep the ball and run it in because they're not going to do that this week. That'll be a feather in the cap of the Philadelphia defense in certain situations, just knowing under no circumstances does Dallas want to get their quarterback driven into the ground because that could re-injure it, make it worse, tissue already torn and weak. And it happened when he ran the ball the other day against uh, uh, the Rams. There's a nice article at the Dallas News right now, dallasnews.com, go read it, about how Dak Prescott has exceeded expectations They compare him directly to Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, two quarterbacks who were drafted ahead of him, number one and number two, Dak not until the fourth round. And here at this point in their careers, Dak has a better completion percentage. He's thrown for far more yards than either. Dak Prescott has a 1,000 more passing yards right now than Carson Wentz. He's thrown for more touchdowns and has a better QBR than any of those guys who were drafted ahead of him. So if you want to read that, dallasnews.com. Roger, do we have a call hanging on? Yes, we do. Who it is? Paul. Hey, Paul. What's happening? Hello. Paul, Paul are you there? Paul, you there? Just to you again. Hey, there you go. Yep, I got I'm you here. now. Go ahead. I don't know if you remember my call from yesterday about uh, the uh, – caller that referred to me as the uh, um, land shark or whatever. Yes. But I have an idea. Why don't we start on your show a poll about Ole Miss fans that are in favor of keeping or getting rid of the land shark? Hmm. And let's see what the number is. Because I know it could be crowded a lot by mistake guys calling in, and yeah, we want to, you know, but if we could just do a, a true poll yeah. of just really, you know, Ole Miss grad, I will assure you that 99% of us want to get rid of that thing. Yeah, I, I've wondered if that's what you would say, if it would be as high as 99%. Paul, here's the thing about it. Number one, I I could do that poll. I could put it on Twitter. We could get a heck of a response. The problem is you're right. There's no way to know. And and you'd probably have a lot of state folks that might vote in there, too. And you're trying to take a poll of Ole Miss fans. You would really need, right. to, you'd really need to get somebody. The state folks are going to keep it. The state folks are going to keep it. Yeah. I understand that. Well, and that's right. And, and so to get a really accurate poll, you'd need to get like somebody like a like a Neil McCready or someone like that to do that poll, but I don't know if they'll do it, right? Because I think it's a little bit of a sore spot for some of the leadership at Ole Miss, 
And anybody right now at Ole Miss and the media who have access, you know, it's not a big enough issue for them to rub anybody the wrong way, so they're probably just going to ignore it. But I've kind of heard through the grapevine that uh, that's one thing on Keith Carter's agenda. So well, that's just from an insider's standpoint. But they would be better off. Don't be with surprised it's gone. They would be better off with nothing than that shark. And here's the thing about that too: it's just they've had so many poor decisions on that stuff, Paul. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, and you agree. The black bear. How about the black bear? Okay, but the thing. All right, so let's go back to the black bear. Number one. Nobody voted for that black bear. They lied about it. It was a straight That's exactly lie. right. They put that thing You're up. Exactly right. They put that thing up for a vote. And here's the other thing. Again, because of access, and I'm a state guy, but because of access, a lot of the old right. Miss media, the old Miss media folks, they're not going to really call them out at that time because they didn't want to ruin their right. access, right? But the fact is, right. nobody voted for that bear. They actually lied right. about it being a vote and forced it through, and you get what you got. Exactly. Okay, and then and you know, you, they go with this shark thing. Okay, poor leadership. What are you basing it on? A celebration on the field? You know, I mean, you don't base the mascot walking around on the sideline on that. But if you do make the decision, we're going to do a shark. You make it a big, fuzzy, soft, huggable shark for kids. You don't try to make right. it into some and goofball it, thing wearing spandex. It's right. Hard. It's horrible. It's horrible. It couldn't and, be worse. You know, and you have a unique perspective because you said, you know, nobody voted for this or that. You know, and and now you've got in-laws that are old Miss folks, yep. just like I have in-laws that are Mississippi State folks, but to any of your in-laws, like your wife or anybody hate else, it. think that's a hate lovable it. character? Hate it. They hate it. Hate it. And and again, you know, you know, I I had somebody look me square in the eye back when they had to bear and tell me, oh, yeah, my kids like it. You know what? No, they didn't. You're right. Mm-hmm. How old are they? Two? Right. They didn't like it. <laughs> and it was – right. And, and so, Paul, here's the thing about it. They'd be better off with nothing – they missed the boat, though. Let me tell you how simple the whole mascot thing was. And I said it 10 years ago when they did the bear thing 10 years ago. I was working in a job then when we were doing a blog, and I, I posted about it. I'm sure it's still out there somewhere. They are the rebels. <clears throat> in, the American Revolution, right. in the American Revolutionary War, the British referred to the American militia as rebels. All they had to right. do was transition into a Revolutionary War soldier, and it looked just like a Patriots game. The Patriots have guys in big hats and skinny socks holding muskets, and Paul Revere. That's what you see at a Patriots game. You're exactly, you're exactly right. That's all Ole Miss had to do. And, 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 and we'd and be better off having a St. Bernard named Rebel on the <laughs> You absolutely than what would. we've got now. With a little barrel I'm under serious. his with a little barrel under his chin with whiskey in it. Paul with a little barrel under his chin, <laughs> that's exactly right. Hey, That'd be perfect. Good call to end the week on man. Thank you. Have a great weekend. <laughs> All right, see you. And now this is one of my favorite Christmas songs of all time. Enjoy and we'll see y'all on Monday in the Farm Bureau studio. See ya. Oh,